Welcome to the IT Curio podcast brought to you by IT, a boutique quality enterprise class managed IT services company. I am the producer of the show. My name is Cameron Kenimer. This is our co-host and my boss, DJ Foreman. We're here to talk about all things IT, from the latest news and trends to tips and tricks for businesses. We hope you enjoy the show and let's get curious. IT Curio. So DJ, I'm currently working for you as your business development manager. Not for um, me, with me. I'm working with you. That's that's absolutely right. And it's been really great experience so far. I want to do thank you for the opportunity to help you make this podcast and to help you build IT. I think that we've got a great team and I really look forward to getting out there and helping businesses. I was hoping that you could tell our listeners a little bit about you, a little bit about IT, what your vision is for the company, you know, just anything else that you'd like to talk about. Oh, is that all? No problem. <laughs> we are a boutique quality enterprise class IT provider, uh, where it's called an MSP, managed services provider. Uh, it's it's one of the uh, oldest business models in the book, and all it really boils down to is flat rate service for unlimited support, or a flat rate fee, I should say, for unlimited service. Um, my background is in IT security, worked for many different uh, IT security companies and some um, government agencies, both foreign and domestic. I wish I could tell you it was for some of the really cool ones like the NSA or the CIA, but it's not. It's mostly for things like the IRS or the Department of Weights and Measures. Which IRS, nice. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, that was an interesting one. We helped them develop a triple encryption system for the uh, all the agents that were in the field so that their systems had three layers of encryption upon encryption upon encryption. They don't do, nobody does it that way anymore, but it was fun at the time. That's so um, I really appreciate your intro. Um, I'm really looking forward to this as well. I think that this is an opportunity for us to share IT knowledge um, and insights with the rest of the world who probably is a little confused by reading what they're reading in the news and the various media outlets. Uh, it's not always very clear and that's why that's what my real goal here is. My real goal here is to be able to explain this stuff, not necessarily in layman's terms, right? That's sometimes uh, that could be taken a little bit of a, as a derogative term, more from the perspective of of using common business language and you know relating IT issues to actual business operations and executive uh, decision making processes, giving people the information they need to make these difficult decisions uh, at times and how much do i put in for security how many layers do i need in my security onion how much of the fud the fear uncertainty and doubt how much of that is real how much of it is just marketing fluff sure that's one of my biggest goals here of trying to accomplish for people um obviously you know we want to we want we're in, we're a business we want to generate business I think it's more important to share information, share knowledge, and things will happen organically from there. You know, in the IT world, I, I like to think sometimes that there's two different types of people. There's the type of IT person who hoards all of their knowledge and experience over the years, and that's what they believe makes them valuable. They're not entirely wrong. That is a viable method, right? Secret sauce, knowledge, you know, the the secret spices in the, in the KFC chicken and and, and what's, you know, what, what's the secret behind the McDonald's French fries, all that stuff. That's, that's, that's certainly true. But in my opinion, 
there's the other much more rare type of IT person who I believe is 10 times more powerful. And that's the person, that's the IT person who, instead of hoarding that information and knowledge, tries to share it with their peers, tries to share it with uh, with, with clients and, and, and everyone around them. That I believe is orders of magnitude more powerful. Sure. So that is a great uh, philosophy, I think. And it's one of the things that makes the company strong is you've instilled some of those principles in the culture of IT. And it really shows. And from what I have seen from our current clients, they really appreciate that uh, type of culture that you've created within the company. You've obviously got a huge brain. You're very smart. Uh, you're also a good communicator. <laughs> how do you fit all of that? How do you fit all of that humbleness and intelligence inside of your skull? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, no. buddy, it leaks out every day. <laughs> I can't contain it all. You know, honestly, I just, um, I've been around the block a few times. I, I like to joke that I've got a master's degree from the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, I've seen some big fails. I've seen some big wins. A good example is when we work with other people, other companies, uh, lawyers, doctors, and, and, and various other people with, with advanced education, um, these are obviously very smart people. But sometimes, just like when you drive your car, it's like magic sometimes, right? But with these people, when they use their computers, it's a bit like magic. They don't really understand how it all works and which direction all the bits and bytes are flowing, um, nor should they necessarily. You know, one of the things that I'm really excited about is the free cybersecurity awareness training classes that we're going to be doing for businesses here. I think that you are going to be a great instructor and a great teacher for those business owners. And then it's going to be something that really benefits them and helping them to avoid, you know, some of the phishing scams and other things that can really leave businesses vulnerable and cost them quite a lot of money. I'm looking forward to helping you put that together too. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm also looking forward to being, being able to do more security awareness training for people. Uh, I think far too often that kind of training isn't delivered with the best intentions in mind. Oftentimes when you go to these self-security awareness trainings, it's very focused on all the FUD. And, and you'll, you'll hear me say that a lot, FUD. It's, Fear, uh, uncertainty, and doubt. Right. It's, 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 cl it's a classic model. And I, I don't remember off the top of my head who coined that one, but it's used every day in sales and marketing tactics, right? You you generate the FUD and then that gets people to want to take action. And the interesting part about that is that's exactly how the majority of business email compromises and hacks of various types are are accomplished. They're leveraging FUD. It's it's one of the biggest things that that people need to become aware of is whenever there's a call to action. Right. That's the term that, that we like to use, a call to action, like oh, you better do this or else. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag. Immediately, anything that says that, any communication, any messaging, that's suspect. Right. Um, it's almost always followed up with here's the action that we want you to take. And it's log in to this service, change your password, any number of things that you would think, oh, wow there's a problem. I better move to action. I'm being called. And it's this thing that's baked into the human brain. A little bit like subliminal advertising is baked into the human brain. And it's why it's illegal. Uh, because it's what you're doing is you're taking advantage of a mechanism that can't be controlled. 
Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers, but back in the day, one of the one of the original methods of doing that is that during movies, they would splice in a couple of frames of a Coke or popcorn, and then they'd have the, the mid-movie intermission. And in the intermission, when they played those, inserted those little things that you couldn't really see, your brain still saw it. And so everybody went out and, and they like doubled their, their soda and popcorn sales. Reminds me of that scene from Fight Club, which we won't go into on here. <laughs> I think everybody knows that. Interestingly, yeah, that. <laughs> interestingly, I literally watched that movie last night while I was trying to fall asleep. <laughs> it, it's yeah. very much that. It's it's uh, it's very much just like that. Um, it's a really good analogy. So the the how do we fight that, right? And and how do we avoid that? Because there is a call to action that does need to happen. But it's the call to action is be educated, be aware, right. not log in and give me your password. <laughs> I think at this by this point, we would hope that most people are aware of that, but they're not. I can tell you that almost on a daily basis, we have to retrain people. Um, they'll get an email that says, oh, hey, your Microsoft password has been compromised. This is your IT administrator. Please log in here and change your password. And it looks proper. It looks like it's something from Microsoft 365. Hey, they say they're my IT administrator. I've never met my IT administrator. I don't even know what they look like. So sure, click, type it in, boom, compromised. For after that is, is different in every case. That's going to be the type of focus that we have is, look, we're going to describe to people, here are the things that you should be looking for. Here's the red flags. Here's the things that you can actually take action on. A lot of times also in these trainings, you'll see things where they'll start talking about advanced technologies. Right. That doesn't help the average user. They're not going to understand any of that. That's sure. more of an IT person to IT person. So that's what we try to focus on. We try to make it so that the security awareness training is going to show people, actual people, users, if you will, of the system, what they can actually do. Speak, speaking of that, a lot of the IT cybersecurity awareness training classes that businesses provide for their employees, they're recordings a lot of the times, aren't they? Yeah, there's a lot of pre-recorded stuff out there that you can watch. Uh, and I think that... Um, while that has its place, I think it's more important that it be a live interactive process. Right. That's one of the best ways to actually learn is you've got to interact with people. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a security awareness training program or I've been delivering one and I, I can watch people, they start to sure. fade away. It's, it's I mean, how, how boring is that stuff sometimes? It's it can be very boring. And for all of you business owners out there who are thinking about getting some cybersecurity awareness training for your staff, I have to tell you that this guy is very entertaining. He does <laughs> magic tricks. He does all kinds of fun things to keep your employees engaged and they will retain the information. It's interactive. You know, they're participating in the training versus just watching some pre-recorded learning management system where they take a little test at the end of each section. They're really just looking at their phone the whole time and guessing the answers until they until they get them all right. They didn't absorb any information. A hundred percent, the difference is night and day. This will be effective and it's free. It's a win-win because we're able to network with other businesses out there and provide a valuable service as well. So I encourage you to check it out. We're going to put a link in to the show where you can go and register your staff for the free cybersecurity live training by DJ and his team of genius techs. 
from ITEEK, and that is going to be fantastic. So other things that I was excited to talk about on this pilot episode, our first episode, we wanted to create a production that is fun, that it's not just a bunch of nerds sitting around talking about computers and IT and networking and cybersecurity and things like that, which we are going to talk a lot about that stuff. That's the central focus of our show, but we're also going to be doing fun stuff. We're going to be having contests with different teams where they're trying to you know, hack into systems and we have other teams trying to stop them. We're going to have a hackathon. Uh, we're going to do live cybersecurity awareness training that's going to be gamified where we'll have teams who are able to compete against each other. We want to get some interesting guests on the show too. Maybe some experts from different companies who can talk about their uh, experiences and their perspective. You know, we're also talking about uh, doing some Mythbusters meets information technology. Maybe we server meets flamethrower or melting through some hard drives with thermite. We might want to try some of those things out too we will see where it goes what do you think about all that dj sound like yes fun? yes to all that i think all that stuff sounds fantastic um we've got to keep it entertaining got to keep people hooked into it so that they, they, they want to watch it they want to watch some geek just drone on and on and on about technical stuff right so dj let me ask you about the world of information technology right now i have previous experience in digital marketing i've worked with a lot of businesses not too long ago there were a lot of brick and mortar businesses who didn't even have a website but that's all changing now businesses are becoming a part of the internet of things and that creates a lot more vulnerabilities how do you see that progressing as time moves on and what can companies do to protect themselves everybody needs to get a little bit more knowledge just like when uh, engineers or techs go to seminars and, and ongoing trainings and get continuing education credits business owners need to do the same thing and i believe that there's not a system in place for something like that i believe that business owners are left in this nebulous area of well i'm the business owner so i should already have all the answers or know all this stuff um and i think that that's a big gap that needs to be addressed. There needs to be an ongoing awareness of things, for example, surveillance cameras, um, voice over IP phones, um, gate entry equipment, uh, door entry equipment, um, light bulbs, for goodness sakes. Uh, all connected. Time... Sorry? It's all connected now. Exactly. Everything is connected. And, you know, long ago, we talked about this. Um, and, and years ago, we said, oh, someday, even light bulbs are going to have IP addresses. Well, guess what? We're here. Been here for a little while, actually. And it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, other than more, literally everything, your refrigerator, your microwave, your oven, your vacuum cleaner, literally everything is an IOT, an Internet of Things device. It connects to the app on your phone so that you can watch your little Roomba scoot around the house and, and save it when it gets stuck. It lets you know, I'm stuck, and you run and, and save it. You're, you know, I've got a digital uh, barbecue smoker in my backyard. It tells me exactly when my my tri-tip is ready and when my brisket's ready. Everything is connected. What people need to understand is that every single one of those devices is now a computer. Sure, it's got varying levels of computational power, but it's a computer. It's in your network. It's communicating not just with you and your smartphone app. It's also connected with the internet, keep itself up to date. It's reaching out to, to call home, as we like to say. And if you take the time to look, 
at these things, you'll see video, uh, the like the, the IP cameras, they call home quite a bit. Now you've probably heard or if you haven't, you're about to hear that there is a list of devices that are not supposed to be used. They're not allowed to be used in government agencies. There's a huge range of IP cameras that come from China. Those are on the no-no list. Um, what they have found is that many of those devices call back home and are providing, we don't know what, information from the device. Could be absolutely innocuous, potentially, but that's why, you know, we, we don't know. And so that's why these things are being blocked. That said, what if you have, you know, forget the, the international politics and government angle. We definitely don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But what if you've got a device that is legitimately calling home to its manufacturer for patches, updates, things like that? Just doing the normal things it needs to do. Well, there are is a specific brand, which we aren't going to name at the moment, um, that had a compromise of that backend system. And what ended up happening is that these IP-based video surveillance cameras were wide open to the world so that someone could get into that camera, put a little bit of software on there to do anything that we want, that they want it to do. Scan the network for other devices, try to access other devices, um, listen to traffic on the network, uh, try to collect sensitive information, personally identifiable information. At, at first glance, a lot of companies will say, well, we're just a electri electrician uh, uh, company. We're just a bunch of plumbers. Well, got news for you. You're the number one target. Anytime you find yourself saying, well, we're just a flower company or, or, or whatever the case may be, please realize you're the main target. Not because they necessarily are trying to steal your information, though that is part of it, but they're trying to use your network as a jumping point for various other types of nefarious activity. So people have to start thinking a little bit more outside the box in terms of, well, we're just a XYZ company. We're not a target. We don't have anything valuable. Well, right. you probably have more valuable, more value than you think that you do. Now, a lot of people will say, okay, well, if that happens, then we just shut down the network and you know, then we, we fix the problem, we move on. Well, that's not, that's not what happens. You're now liable. If, if an attack comes from your network, you're, you have some major legal problems to potentially get around. You've got privacy right. violations based on what state you're in. Um, you've got various other compliance issues. The big ones that people, most people know are HIPAA for healthcare, right? PHI or EPHI, which is personal health information or electronic personal health information. Um, there's the PCI DSS compliance standard for anybody who has credit cards. You're a retail space and you swipe credit cards or, or even if you go into a web portal and type in credit cards, if you're an online retailer with you know, Etsy or, or whatever else, um, you need to be compliant. Um, and if you're not, there's there's huge legal issues involved and massive fines. What's going to end up happening in those compromises that people don't understand is that if you're if you're compromised and it the, the auditors are going to come in, they're going to check all your systems, and there's a penalty and punishment for every single record and every single credit card that's been compromised, whether any damage has been done or not. You've already broken the law, and that's the real problem. And you, that when 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 you hear those super scary statistics, like eighty percent of all businesses that experience a compromise are are out of business within a, a year or two. That's what they're talking about. That's a that's a little bit of fud. That's a little bit of hyperbole. 
right. um, but it's not inaccurate. So we do spend a lot of time talking about cybersecurity and some of the consequences that can happen. Can you talk about some of the benefits that companies can receive by a company like ITIC? Yes, it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> There's... There's a lot to be gained from this and specifically about IT security, but about all IT technology. When you deploy these things, it offers you operational management opportunities to help streamline that side of your business and to help you do things, for example, account access. Um, when, you're, when you're deploying, let's say, multi-factor authentication, um, when you're you, deploying a managed version of it. Now, we're not talking about like when you log into your Google and it sends your phone a text number. That's okay. That is two-factor. But as you uh, have read in the news just this week, Google has pushed forward with a passwordless system. We'll talk about that more later because there's a lot to understand about that. When you do have centralized management technology tools, some, some security-based ones, but also just regular operational things, you gain a, a measure of control so that you can know the who, what, where, and why of things. Who accessed what information, when they accessed it, where they accessed it, and where did that data go? And why? Why was this done this way? You get all of those, the, the big five W's of, of journalism, right? Like who, what, where, and why. You get all of that information from these tools so that you can have an understanding. Now, I don't want to step on anybody's management style, but in my opinion, in my experience, oftentimes metrics like these can be maybe misused a little bit, used a little bit heavy handedly to make some assumptions about people and, and make hiring and firing decisions and all that good stuff, or to make it a, a, an evaluation of how hard somebody's working or how much they're working, yes. You can absolutely use those tools for those things. I don't agree that all of it is accurate. I think there's a lot that can be assumed by that and assumed incorrectly. Uh, however, um, there's also some very powerful tools in there to help guide your process along right. so that you can know the, the who, what, where, and why of things and then make a determination moving forward. Most people's networks now and, and their technology deployments, they don't have that. They, they hope that that's how it works, but they don't know it. They don't have any way to measure that. So they have to guess. I think that one of the biggest things that made me excited to come to work with IT is your philosophy of how to deal with people, being real with people yeah. and being genuine with people and not trying to scare them to death into doing business with you. And I think that when you are coming from a genuine interest in helping a company and being somebody who isn't just trying to make a sale to them, but to actually forge a partnership where moving forward, you guys can rely on each other. It's a win-win dynamic where they're helping you and you're helping them. I really like that. And I think, you know, a lot of companies out there, they lose focus on what's most important. And I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about this in the past, about how important it is, how you treat your customers and how that affects the development of your business moving forward. And really the trends in business have kind of this downward spiral where they're expecting more and more out of their employees all the time and they always feel rushed to get things done and now that's compromising the service that you give to people which has a negative effect on your company so you're making less revenue and then you're pushing people even harder because of this 
culture, this this dirty culture that you've set up in your company. Yeah. That's something that often I've thought, man, when is this gonna when are companies gonna gonna get it together and start really focusing on what's in the best interest of their clients? And um I think we're doing a pretty good job with that. We could always do better, but I think that's something we're doing a good job with. Without a doubt, nobody's perfect. Certainly not myself. <laughs> I have so many flaws. You know, I I try to follow the 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 saying, you know, know thyself. And um, it's difficult because that requires you to look in the mirror a lot. Uh, and that can be a challenge. But aside from that philosophy, there's also the hardcore philosophy of pay yourself first. Um, it's a very common theme in business networking groups. It's a very common thing in, in business, co- from business coaches. A lot of the most famous people who were out there and doing their own video blogs, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and it comes to mind as, as a big one that I've, I've listened to some of their stuff or his stuff. And, you know, there's a very common theme of pay yourself first. I can't tell you that that's wrong. There's a lot of people making a lot of money operating their businesses that way. There's, there's room for, for all different types. What I believe is important, and that's how I try to operate. No marketing person I've ever worked with wants me to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it right now. We give a shit. We care about your people. We care about your company. Now, before anybody starts thinking, oh, wow, this they're all super altruistic and we're not all that. It's There's a little bit of a self-serving element to that. If we Absolutely. don't care, then how, how, like your success directly determines our success as a, as a provider of IT um, support and security management services. So right. it's kind of a matter of you have to. I can give the you- The best a- advertisement is word of mouth advertisement. And it, exactly. it makes a big difference. When I was younger, my first job out of high school, I, I was a busser. I worked in a restaurant in a hotel. The name of the company was Red Lion Hotel Corporation. It was a great company. And they instilled in me, all you have to do is focus on the customer focus on their needs and fulfilling their needs and anticipating their needs before they even know that they have them. And that's what good service is. And as long as you're focused on that, as long as you are making sure that that is your purpose, then you're going to be successful in all of the other metrics. You're going to build a name for yourself. People are going to talk to their friends and say, wow, I had this great experience with this company. And that kind of reputation building takes a long time because people are much more likely to talk about a bad experience that they've had with a company versus a good experience. For for every one time they talk about a, a good experience they had at a company, they'll tell 10 stories about a bad experience that they had at a company. So really important to, to focus on that. And, you know, I've just seen the culture change a lot, unfortunately, in corporate America. Money is first and maybe the customer is second. You know, if you're lucky, the bottom line is the dollar. And I think that's really the wrong focus. What is most important? Remember what you got into business for. Hopefully it wasn't just to make money. Hopefully it was to provide some valuable service to people out there. We could probably debate that kind of stuff all day long. And you've got great experience as a business owner. This isn't the first business you've started, is it? Can you tell our listeners about some of the other businesses you've had? I think they're very interesting and people would like to hear about those. One of the most successful ones that we that I did was installing televisions, entertainment systems into hospitals. So we not only sold them their TVs, but installed them in patient rooms, operating rooms, uh, all the different facilities, hooked up 
multiple satellite feeds, off-air antenna dishes, cable providers, consolidate all these things so that when you're in the hospital, you get your 500 channels of various content, um, sure. but it's not tied to, it's, it's actually very similar to what, we did this in hotels as well. It's very similar to what happens in, in those environments. You go in there, you're, right, you're, you're looking through the scroll, you're right, the list of all the channels and you're like, what, what is this? I've never seen anything like this. Um, it's because that's what they're doing. They're they're pulling in all these different feeds of information. They're consolidating it down and they're making their own channel lineup. Neat. Nowadays could be a little bit different with the ubiquity of, of various services. There's some places that will say, well, we have Dish TV or, well, we've got, you know, cable service and whatever channel lineups they provide. So the industry has changed, but that was something that we did for many years. Um, and didn't you do something was- with the BlackBerry ringtones too? <laughs> so in my garage at my house uh, back in the early days I had several racks of servers which one of these days we'll show you on the show is now turned into my son's young man cave where they do their computer gaming and whatever twitch streaming and whatever stuff that they like to do but that used to be a room filled with racks of servers so that all the ringtones that people used to buy for their blackberries and you know, little snippets of songs from popular artists and things like that. We hosted them here all over the world. This is where you got it from. You just never knew. Cool. It was, it was cool. cool. Um, Blackberry <laughs> imploded, of course. I, I know they still exist as a company, but I don't know. My I, wife used to love those. She had a little pink one with the trackball on it, and she thought that was oh, the coolest oh, thing in the world. I had so many Blackberries. I, I, I actually have fondness and sadness in my heart because I thought they were fantastic <laughs> devices. I loved oh, mine. Geez. Yeah, she she did too. She really liked them. But yeah. oh well, things move on. So you've had a lot of great experience as a business as a business owner and you've, you know, given some really great advice to our listeners out there. Could you also give some advice to people who are maybe looking to get into or switch careers into information technology? Could you give them some advice on maybe how to go about that? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like any service industry, it can be a little stressful, but I have found that the best IT people weren't born IT people. They had another life doing something else. I have found that those that are more inclined to be musical tend to be very, very good in IT. I have found that um, those with uh, ADHD and things of that nature, um, they, they tend to do really well in IT. But when you're crossing disciplines over, it's it doesn't have to be as difficult as you might think. You don't have to have, like I've been in this business for a long time. I mean, since pre-internet, was on several different teams of, of testing internet uh, before it was available to the public. So I've seen it evolve from the inside all the way to where it is now. And I can tell you, you don't have to have that. Certainly you have to have that to be somebody like me, but to get into the business, you don't right. need that. You can gain so much. You do have to find the right team, right? The, the right team, like like I've uh, t- sometimes we'll talk about the two different types of IT people, the ones that keep their knowledge siloed and private, and that's their value. And those that share that information with everyone around them, their peers and their, their teammates and, and people, exponentially more powerful is the person who shares. But by quantity, more people silo. Um, so what you want to do is you want to find the right team. Certainly get a little education education, build your own computer, things like that, you know, get used to some of the ins and outs of some of the basic stuff. But then you've got to find a team that is in the open silo. 
that's going to share information, that's going to actually mentor you and tell you things, because that, that can be the biggest challenge in this industry. Is a lot of people will say, well, I'm going to go and get some, some training in college. Then I'm going to go get an IT job somewhere. And then they're very upset because they find themselves sitting on a help desk in a room with 200 other people taking, you know, level, what we would call level one phone call about basic issues. Um, and, and they get kind of stuck there. You, they'll be reading scripts off of screens. And, and, and that's not, while that's part of IT, that's a different kind of IT. And so you have to really understand where you want to be. Are you going to be in that world? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's absolutely required. And some of my favorite and our the best people in our team just do that all day long. That's hard. That's challenging. I have n nothing but the utmost respect for them and empathy because they have to deal with a lot of stress that's coming at them and be able to put that wall up, filter it and listen with their ears instead of their mouth, <laughs> but really filter. What is this person saying? Somebody's calling up and saying, ah, I, I the internet's down. I'm like, well, pretty sure it's not because on my third screen, I've got a YouTube video playing right now and pretty sure it's not. <laughs> but what does that mean to them? That's an easy one because it's obvious, right? The internet's not working for them. But when people are heated and they're upset, they're going to say things and they're going to say things that really can confuse the matter. And so having the ability to logically disassemble what somebody says versus what they actually mean is probably one of the most important parts of being in IT, to be able to understand how to filter that, how to convert it. But then I got to tell you, you got to be a therapist. You have to be good with people. You have to be willing to listen to people. If you don't, if you're one of those types that doesn't like people, like a super extra introvert, or maybe you're even like know thyself, right? You know that you're a little curmudgeonly. You don't, you don't really like people, ah, people suck. Maybe IT is not for you <laughs> yeah. because you're going to have to deal with people every day. So I would say that's the biggest tip is one, find some place that shares information with you that, that, has, that, that uh, an open silo type of place, but two, have a little bit of psychology in here. Maybe in school, take a semester of psych 101 to understand kind of the basics. Personally, my first vocation was law enforcement. It's called administration of justice, AJ, as, the, as we said, or as we say in, in college and stuff. So I veered heavily out of that direction. But I can tell you that the skills that I learned there get applied to what I do here every day. Uh, so that's the biggest advice I have for you is that don't think that if you're geeky and nerdy, that that's the end all be all. Don't think right. that if you're not geeky and nerdy, that that prevents you from getting in. Absolutely. Absolutely does not. So please join us. We need you. DJ, you are a wealth of information. I look forward to learning from you. I'm super excited about working with you in the future, working with our show and bringing valuable content to our viewers. Folks, thanks for listening to IT Curio. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite platform and follow us on social media for more episodes in the future. And don't forget to sign up for our free cybersecurity awareness training class. You can go there by following the link at the bottom of the screen here. Thank you so much. Until next time, have a great day. Goodbye.